0: Our national nightmare is almost over. Baseball and the Cleveland Guardians return tonight. The most two boring, the two most boring days of the sports calendar of the year are finally behind us. But how exciting is the month of July going to be for Major League Baseball and the Cleveland Guardians? We're going to talk about that today on Locked on Guardians. You are locked on Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Everybody, thank you for listening to Lockdown Guardians. I'm Justin Latta. Running solo today. Thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day. Thank you for subscribing on youtube and wherever you get podcasts we are free wherever you can listen to podcasts we are always there for you even though we were off yesterday we're back today uh jeff is taking the day off obviously to uh, recover from the excitement of the home run derby and the all-star game so uh just let him know how much you enjoyed watching the all-star game and the home run derby too in the comments as well and ask him what his favorite parts were because i know he would love to hear from everybody um their thoughts on the all-star game and the home run derby because i know he had a a good old time watching that the other day. That's why he needed today off. But uh, no, the other day was Jeff's birthday and the draft and uh, also episode a thousand. Congrats to Jeff on being around for a thousand of these. It's been exciting to be his partner for, I don't even know how many I'm at, but uh, I've enjoyed Jeff doing this uh, from the beginning and all the good stuff. Uh Some thoughts real quick on the end of the draft. I know the draft is kind of Jeff's gig and he kind of went through it with you guys the last couple of days Um, I was just very curious late in the draft for the Guardians, and I even asked um, their VP of Scouting, Paul Gillespie, about this on the last day on the press availability. You know, they took a a couple of high schoolers on day three. They took some junior college kids, which they've done the last couple of years. And I asked them why, what's the difference between targeting kids on day one that are like high school or junior college versus kids later in the draft that are more that are also high school dread juco kids but after the 10th round the upside isn't quite there necessarily you know there's not as much hype on the kids from high school and junior colleges the second day as there are the first day or i should say in the third day um and really i think for them you know he said it was just about kids intentions and finding value and finding out what these kids want to do with their future i guess it's more and what they want to do and these these kids who are taking late the second day want the chance to go play Major League Baseball, whereas I guess the price tag is higher on day one, so that might be it too. But um noticing on day two, it's just a lot of late development for some guys. Like taking a look in the later part of the draft, let's see, Keegan Zinn is a guy who didn't start pitching until his junior year of high school. Uh numbers got really good for him late as he's focusing on pitching. So, you know, an opportunity there to find somebody who is kind of new to pitching. And maybe there is some untapped potential. I mean, all these guys have untapped potential, obviously, because that's why they're amateurs and now they're just turning pro. But for the high school guys specifically, for someone like, you know, Keegan Zinn, who maybe would have gotten more attention as a pitcher had he pitched all four years of high school. So maybe a guy not a lot of scouts caught on to until late, you know, credit for the Guardians to being there and, and seeing something in him As well, but you know, had he pitched all four years, would he have been a higher profile, you know, draft target slash recruiting target? I don't know. That's I didn't see him live. I seen some good video that I liked, Um, but that's kind of I think where the Guardians are looking. They're looking for guys who have a lot of meat on the bone, so to speak, in terms of development. And they've done this in the past with you know, taking Tommy makes and Jack Leppich and Fred go out of Florida because Florida doesn't do a great job of developing pitchers. So the Guardian saw three talented arms who had a lot of development ahead of them in terms of what was left to sculpt, uh, if you will. So I think that's the case here on day two for them. Jacob Bresnahan, same thing. Bresnahan, I should say. Um, also a guy who was, you know, six foot, six one into his I think sophomore year and kind of a late, growth with the body and and the fastball and all the other pitches you know he's a guy maybe scouts didn't catch on to because he was maybe not as big early on he had a late growth and he sort of took off so they were in on that guys like Kyle Scott who are from under-recruited backgrounds Matt Hewer who didn't go to a high school because he was a homeschool guy who played on some of the travel circuits and you know he was working on his family farm. So a guy who didn't get a whole lot of exposure necessarily, and they see a lot of, you know, upside there. <clears throat> and even guys like uh, Jay Driver, who they took on on day two, who didn't have a 2020 season at Harvard, has kind of bounced around a little bit. And Zane Morehouse, the same thing. He bounced on a couple of colleges before landing at Texas. So, you know, guys who don't have consistent coaching and are, are hearing different voices year to year, or maybe just aren't getting the right development path where they've been, have a lot more meat on the bone as far as as development goes and there's a lot more upside to scrape there than you might think so there's a lot more for them to develop into so you're getting you know i guess guys who could be diamonds in the rough i guess is the easiest way to put it but you know you're just seeing a lot of guys who didn't get the attention from scouts that maybe they would have if they if they had developed you know if they had more consistent development at a different part of their amateur careers and Cleveland, you know, kind of likes that on the second day. They did a lot last year in the draft. And it means we see if that works. We don't know. Um, these are, you know, the big risk. And if look, if one of these guys comes out and has a good career and makes it to the majors and has a couple of decent years, that's a win. I think people forget how often, how hard baseball is and how hard it is to make it to the majors. And if you're getting, you know, 10 picks here on day three and you know, one or two of them make it to the majors out of rounds 11 to 20 um, and three from one draft of 21 overall. That's a good rate. This is a hard game with a lot of attrition. So uh, we forget how hard it is to make it to the majors and how good it is to be an average, regular. Uh, I wanted to quickly talk about the All-Star game in the homer derby a little We got to see, obviously, Jose Ramirez doubled and he got stranded on second base, and then he had a chance to be the hero late in that game. Kind of a disappointment he wasn't able to come up with the big hit there. I really wanted to see the game go to extra innings because it was going to be a home run derby. And I was hoping maybe Jose, Jose Ramirez had a chance to get in on that. Cause he didn't get in on it during the regular part of the home run derby. I still think Jose should have been a starter and it was a good, the home run derby was fantastic. The home run derby does not disappoint for me any year. They, this new format is fantastic. I really was hoping at the end of the night, Randy or Rosarina had a little more magic left, but you could tell he was kind of out of gas, but would have liked to have seen Jose get another shout out with the healthy thumb this year instead of doing it last year and hitting right handed with a bad thumb. Very unfortunate. But the All Star game kind of left me feeling empty. I feel like we missed a lot of guys. There was no Clayton Kershaw, no, you know Verlander, no, no uh, Scherzer. Now the last two obviously didn't deserve to make it. We have Spencer Strider from the Braves who wasn't there. The Braves were really well represented. that was fun. Very remin- uh, reminiscent of the '90s Indians how they just kind of dominated the game. Uh, also hard to watch um, a couple of guys in that game that should have been, gar- could have been guardians. And oh yeah, Yanni Diaz did a home run in the game too. Also uh, super hard to watch. Then he went home to be a dad and that was cool. Um, just left me wanting more. There's a lot of, a lot of star power lacking. I feel like the, the offense didn't do well against the pitching, even though I felt like star power wise, there was more offense. I mean, Randy Rosarino did come out and rob a hit and got a hit of his own, had a little fun moment with Freddie Freeman at first base, but you know, Jose Ramirez did give us the double. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and now the last two days have been absolutely boring, which they always are. This is always the worst two days in the sports calendar every year. There is no major four sports going on unless you count the um, the NBA Summer League going on. There's no actual games account count of the major four sports these two days in the calendar. Is the only two days on the entire sports calendar for the year that there is no action going on. And I knew it was going to be boring because I knew there was going to be no trade deadline talk. Um, You'll remember that maybe that Brad hand the the Indians trade for Brad hand in 2018, the day after the all-star game, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Rumors picked up right away. And that was an exciting move. The guardians or the Indians, I should say at the time needed to make. And they, Hey, they burned Brad and his arm out pretty good. They got what they needed out of him for a couple of years. That's that's kind of what they do. That's what you do with relievers sometimes when you acquire them like that. But some good fun action out of the All Star break for there for that deadline. Uh, later on, got Josh Donaldson, which you know that was an interesting trade of its own. I, I kind of missed the waiver deadline. We can get into that a little bit here in a minute, but uh, we're going to talk about the trading deadline and, and all the rumors that are going on. Shane Bieber, the Cardinals. What's going to happen? Are the Guardians going to have a fun train deadline. Is Major League Baseball going to have a fun training deadline? We are going to get into that all in just a moment. Well, at the training deadline, teams are going to try to find the pieces that fit to lead them to a championship. Because it is all about finding the perfect fit. And it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know if the part will fit or you'll get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. When you shop on eBay Motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the bright parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Guardians finally back in action on Friday on your Sirius XM. Search for Guardians. You can hear the hometown call. At 8.05 from Texas. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about the, the rotation coming out of the break and preview Texas just a little bit as well uh, in a minute. The train deadline. Look, <laughs> I, I love that July should be a very fun month for for baseball. Like this is, you've got the all-star game. They move the draft in July, which, you know, <laughs> I'm not really sure how I feel about that anymore. It makes things a little more packed. I kind of missed the June draft, to be honest with you. But, Hey, they're packing in more fun, I guess, into one month. Even though the NFL does a great job of spreading all of their big events out over the couple months, so they're always in the headlines and conversation. But I know baseball doesn't have the luxury of having an off-season draft. Unfortunately, uh, the train deadline used to be my favorite time of year. I, I love the All-Star break. I love the All-Star game, the Harmon Derby. You know, I've talked about that before. We talked about it today. I, I used to love the train deadline. I remember in high school, I would come home long before social media. <laughs> Um, I guess not long before he had MySpace back then and didn't quite have Facebook yet, but there really wasn't any alerts to be found on your phone. Had to go to ESPN.com and keep refreshing the rumors section and look for a new article or watch baseball tonight on ESPN. When they do a, a trade deadline special show, all that luster is gone. You know, I feel like the train deadline the last couple of years hasn't been all that fun. I saw a report today just before recording that Ken Rosenthal said that, um, the former Marlins GM, um, Ken Ng said that um, she's never seen it this slow around the train deadline. There's not a lot of rumors going on. Nothing's going to happen. And Ken Rosenthal said, you know, we expect <clears throat> every year the train deadline to be dead because the divisions are tight. You have the extra wild card and, and there's not a lot of sellers. And he said he th- expects everything to break loose because he's, he's covered the train deadline for the, t- the sport for a long time. And he thinks that there will still be trades and still interesting thing happen. I got to say, I don't see it. League wide, I just I just don't see it. I mean, look, everybody in the AL East is competitive, right? Uh, The NL, you have the Athletics who are in the basement. They have nothing left to trade. Like they're they're you've got Brent Rooker and Ryan Noda, and and hey, Brent Rooker maybe is somebody the Guardians could use, but he's also 29, has four years of control. What are you really buying there? Uh, Other than maybe you're hoping for a platoon bat, but he's you know he's 29. He just now broke out this year. Not a guy you're willing to go out and spend a lot on prospect wise. Um, the Angels are kind of falling into danger mode because of Trout being hurt. And I don't think Otani's going to be moved. I'd be surprised, but I don't have any sources on that. I'm, ju- I'm just kind of speculating there. The Astros, the Mariners, Rangers, they're all in it. The Rockies are out of it, but the Rockies have nothing to trade. I know Ryan McMahon is someone guys, you know, teams have pushed, you know, kicked around and you guys have kicked around in the comments a little bit. That's fine. I mean, I guess they can move him to somebody who needs that, but you're not looking at guys that are really big names from the Rockies because they're bad. The Padres are an interesting case, right? They have Juan Soto, who, you know, could they rec- recoup some prospect value from him if they trade him throughout of it? Maybe that's an interesting way to go. That's probably the only really interesting one I could think of. That's an interesting case. The so Diamondbacks, the Giants, and the Dodgers are all in it. In the East, obviously, the Nationals stink. Um, the only, only player I can really think of there is Jamer Candelario. Who's a left-handed hitter and he is a good bat. He'll get traded, I think, but he's not a big name. They don't have a lot of guys left to trade. I don't know what the Mets are going to do, but the Mets don't have him. the guardians can want. They've got some aging pitchers. I don't really see that happening. The Phillies, the Marlins, and the Braves, they're in it. The Brewers, the Reds, they're in it. The Cubs, I don't really see what the Cubs like. I think they're going to move some pieces. I don't see them being any fits to the guardians, but they don't have a whole lot of high end pieces to move. Like their most interesting assets are Marcus Stroman and Cody Bellinger. Um, Marcus Stroman might be an interesting target for a rental, but I don't think this team wants a rental arm um, the way they're going right now. And the guardians just don't typically dive into rentals a ton unless they are really, really going for, which, you know, like 2017, you know, you had Jay Bruce and Joe Smith and Jay Bruce was a, a waiver deadline guy. And, Get yeah, um who did they get in 28? Well, Josh Donaldson, I guess, but that was a unique circumstance. Also, waiver deadline. The Pirates, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to trade. Carlos Santana, I don't, I don't really know what they've got going on over there. The Cardinals, of course, are the interesting one. There was a, re- a report that the Cardinals GM, John Mazalak, did go out and say, we're going to trade guys, and they said, you know, guys who we don't think are going to be here next year. But they also said they're trying to set themselves up to contend next year. What, what does that mean? You're setting yourself to contend next year, um, and try trading guys that aren't going to be there next year. <clears throat> this is not a team that has a whole lot of vetter, uh, a lot of guys who are one year deals. You have guys like Paul Goldschmidt with no trade clause, Nolan Arenado with a long term contract. He's older, and then your outfield, the outfield in, in St. Louis, everyone's like, oh, they're going to trade an outfield, they're going to trade an outfielder. Guys, I got to tell you, the, the St. Louis outfield it stinks. Lars Nootbaar is is average. Like I know average in the Guardians outfield might look good, but like Steven Guan is about average right now. And will Brennan's about average. I'm not saying Lars Newbar isn't a good player, but look, he, he walks. Uh, There's not a lot of power there. The guardians already don't have a lot of power and they have outfielders who hit left-handed without power. He doesn't run the bases. He's a decent defender. Like these are all things the guardians just really already have. What does Lars Nupar bring to this team right now that they don't already have? I'm I'm having a hard time understanding that. And he's 25 and he's got, you know, a couple more years left. What are you giving up for that? I I just don't see the path. Uh, I really, really, really want to believe in Dylan Carlson. I'd love to to see if somebody can finally bring the talent out of him that he's had all along. I think he's uber talented and uber athletic. He's had like one decent year, and I don't think the Guardians – coaching and development is the team to to find it for him and also he's got a bunch of control left he's 24 what are you giving up for that I don't know Jordan Walker the Cardinals are not trading Jordan Walker and they don't want Shane Bieber uh even if they did want Shane Bieber they're not trading Jordan Walker you can forget that okay yeah you can sit there and say oh we kicking prospects I don't I don't see the Cardinals going that route that would be pretty extreme that'd be fun to think about truthfully but I just don't see it they just don't have anything in the outfield. Tyler O'Neill's hurt. I don't think Tyler O'Neill is, is as good as he used to be. I know Jeff was on him a while ago. That one year looks like a fluke. Um, so I don't see who the Guardians are going to target from from the Cardinals. Like unless, look, Paul Goldschmidt's got a no trade clause, and I think he's going to be there next year with them. But I would caution. I know I know Jose Abreu has been better in the second. I shouldn't say second half. He's been better since May first. He's been better than Josh Bell. Uh, since then, which is, you know, scary because Josh Bell, you know, towards the end of the first half, started to turn things around a little bit, but there's a lot of the same warning signs with Paul Goldschmidt that there were with Jose Abreu a year ago. He is not hitting fastballs this year very well. Um the slugging percentage is down. The barrel rate is is up a little bit. Um there are still some good signs there, but he's he's underperformed a little bit. A lot of reds on that page, I should say. So maybe not as bad as Jose Abreu a year ago, but he's not hitting fastballs as much as he did. If you can convince him to waive his no trade clause, I guess, for two more years, I could live with Paul Goldschmidt because he's a great player. And I think two more years, he'd still get an above average bat out of him. But what do you do with Josh Bell? Like the Cardinals aren't going to be like, yeah, we'll take Josh Bell and some prospects. I don't think they're going to do that. Like, You could shed the contract and agree to pay all of Paul's contract, maybe. Um, I just don't see the team being in the position to do this. Like, this is not a team that makes those kind of moves, historically. I'm not saying they shouldn't. Historically, they just don't. Like, look at past trade deadlines. This is a team that is not a buyer or a seller. There is still a world here where Shane Bieber maybe gets traded, and they're still trying to add. They've done this before. You know, the, the Mike Clevenger trade, the Trevor Bauer trade. Those are trades the guardians made to both quote unquote sell and buy. I think it's a lot harder this year to do it with Beaver because you don't have the pitching staff to to do it because you don't have, you know, they had Beaver, they had Carrasco, they had um, Clevenger the year they traded Bauer, right? The next year when they traded Clevenger, things were a little bit different. You still had cookie. You still had Beaver. It was a short year. Things were weird. Um, you know, this year you trade Beaver unless you're getting an arm back and I'm looking at the Cardinals, they can't afford to trade a a pitcher back their pitchings in shambles. Um, I don't think like you're saying, Oh, Bieber for or bell and prospects for Goldschmidt and Montgomery. I don't see it. Maybe, maybe there's a world where you trade Bieber and bell to the Cardinals and you get Paul and you add a bunch of prospects. I don't know. That just seems very far fetched to me as fun as it sounds. Um, but again, the, you can't consider the Guardians buyers or sellers. They never are in one bucket except for, you know, that 2017 season I think and 2018 season when they are not at the peak like they were back then, they are not buyers or sellers. They are opportunistic and they look to take advantage of the market. I just think the market sinks. There's not a lot of sellers out there. Like I said, the the Royals have nothing to trade. They already traded Royals Chapman. The Athletics have nothing to trade. The nationals have like one piece. Okay. I know people talk about Lane Thomas. We could talk about Lane Thomas, but again, we're talking about a guy who is, you know, a little bit older. He's having a nice year. He's got 14 homers. He strikes out a little bit. I think there's some signs. He's going to come back to earth. He's got three more years of control after this. You know, he's 27 and he's had a good year last year. I'm, I'm not against Lane Thomas. I think he does some things the guardians could sure use. Um, I wouldn't be against that target. To tell you I'm looking at it more. He does have some control left. He's 27. He does things they do need. I wouldn't be against Lane Thomas. Okay, there you go. You want to be excited about something? Maybe you can be excited about Lane Thomas. I, I really do feel like Lane Thomas, though, has some Um, – he's got a 380 average on balls in play. He's going to come back to earth. I really do. So I think the Guardians are going to be careful if they're making that sort of move uh, with the Nationals. They do have a history there of trading with them. But to me, that is an extremely exciting deadline. There's nothing exciting about this deadline. There's not going to be – I just don't feel like there's going to be a lot of fun. Players changing hands, a lot of rumors. And the thing you have to know about the Guardians, too, is anytime there is smoke connected to them, it's almost not true because uh, this team never lets anything out. The only time they let things out is when they're trying to drive value, right? Uh, A lot of the the trades, the deals, anything the Guardians do come out out of nowhere because they keep it tight-lipped. If they're serious about something, you won't hear about it until it happens. I don't trust anybody except for Jeff Passon or, or Zach Meisel. If they report on something, um, then it's concrete. Ken Rosenthal, you know, I believe as well. I think he's been really good the last couple of years. But, you know, just remember, if if you're still on the Twitter machine, because it's, you know, broken and uh decrepit place, just remember, be careful about who you listen to. Just the Guardians do not have a lot of smoke attached to them. Usually, if they do do something, it is because uh, it comes out of nowhere. And this team is very very tight lips. So I'm hoping for a better trading deadline. I don't, not not just for the guardians, but for baseball in general, I just don't see it happening. I don't see a lot of good sellers. Like I said, Lane Thomas is about the one guy you can get excited about. But again, I think he's got a a lot to fall back to earth on in terms of batting average on balls and play. A lot of other things are good. Exit velocities are good. Launch angles fine. The barrel rates better than it was a year ago. Hard hit rates. Good. I just, I think there's a lot of regression coming for Lane Thomas and he hasn't walked a lot this year and that's not his profile. So I have some concerns there, but we'll hope for the best. I just think it's going to be a boring July and I miss the days of the exciting training deadlines, but we're going to talk about the Rangers and the guardians. Baseball is finally back on Friday night. We are going to get into that in just a moment. Bird dogs, man. I love these shorts. Uh, I told you guys before I, Took them with me on my honeymoon to Jamaica. wore them, two of them there. Uh, I've worn these things bowling. I've worn them to family gatherings this summer. You can dress them up. You can wear them outside. They're casual. You can do everything with these shorts. These are the most comfortable shorts. They have a built-in liner. They make you look good. They feel good. They have the same look of really classic khaki shorts, but um, they're very stretchy. They're comfortable. They make you look good. They have uh, sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry. Um, best of all, you can get yourself a free tumbler If you go to birddogs.com slash lockdown enter the promo code lockdown MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. I use that all summer so far, too. Uh, that's birddogs.com slash lockdown MLB or promo code lockdown MLB for your free Yeti style tumbler. Promise you, you're not going to want to take these things off. You're going to wear them everywhere you go. Guardians and Rangers, 8.05 Friday night, first pitch. Uh, let's talk about it. We've got um, Aaron Savali and John Gray. Look, John Gray has not has been very good this year. His pitches um, have been a little bit better. He has a bad fastball. He's got a lot of other good pitches, though. He has had a pretty decent year, a guy who's turned it around uh, since coming to the Rangers. Not a shock. He got out of Colorado, and he got better. Um, A lot of of red on that page, except for fastball spin. He doesn't strike a lot of guys out, but he gets guys to chase. The slider's really good for him. The changeup's really good for him. The curveball is okay. Um, Just a really good pitcher. I think that's going to be an interesting matchup. Aaron Savali leads the Guardians out of the break. Um, Guardians going with Savali, Williams, Bybee, and then Bieber on Monday. So Bieber is going to get an eight-day rest from pitching last Sunday, to next Monday against the pirates. He gets a long break. Uh Guardians have said that they are doing that because they're trying to give Bieber a rest as much as they can. Uh because they, you know, quote unquote lean on him heavily this year. But I don't know if, if giving him a long rest is necessarily gonna help a guy be better three times through the order. I just I just don't know. Um that's where the issues are with him third time through the order. I'm watching that in the second half, and I know that you know, you put him against Pittsburgh versus instead of Texas, right? Because Pittsburgh's offense, not great. The Rangers offense, very good. They had a lot of all-stars. Um, if he's going to pitch well, it's going to be against Pittsburgh. And look, teams are smart enough to know that if he pitches well against Pittsburgh, doesn't mean he's going to be an ace for the pennant race for the next two years, right? They're, they have all the same data we do. They see all the same stuff that the Guardians do that we do. The stats are there. They have scouts everywhere. You're going to see more scouts popping up hoping to be at some captains games over the next couple of days to um, see if there's scouts in attendance at, at, at captains games. I don't think there will be. You've I mean, got Chase Delonner in Lake County and Parker Messick and Diane Frias. That's about really it. I, maybe Akron, Juan Brito. There's some guys at Akron that maybe could be interesting in terms of trade packages. Angel Martinez of a team still believes in him. But, yeah, I mean, teams have data. Teams have scouts. They know. So Beaver pitches a gem against the Pirates. It isn't the same as pitching against, a game against the Rangers. They have the data. Um, they know his issues third, third time through the order, and they know whether or not they feel like that's legit or not. So they've got access to more stuff than us. We can only speculate. And, you know, the third time through the order thing has continued to plague him this year. Uh, it is just interesting that the Guardians have held him out. Um, until Monday against Pittsburgh to give him that long break. We'll see if that works. Uh, Bybee gets an extra rest by going on Sunday. That's good. Same with Williams. Um, Tuesday against the Pirates is also a TBA. Um, I'd be shocked if that wasn't Logan Allen. We'll see. I think you know he got his breather and looked minor leagues have been on on break for the whole week as well. They start back up on Friday. Saturday for the Guardians at four o five. Williams and Heaney. Uh, Heaney has not been good this year. Un- unlike John Gray, he's got a good fastball, but the rest of his pitches are pretty bad. So um, we'll see. None of this might matter. The Guardians' offense. I mean, you're going to hope that Bo Naylor kind of carries his improvements at the end of the week against the Royals into the second half. You're going to hope for Will Brennan to hit a little more, Jose Ramirez to keep us up. You're going to hope Josh Naylor continues to carry the lineup. Andre Semenes has been better in the last few weeks. Hope he's recharged and less bruised and hit by pitches and ready to go. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Oscar Gonzalez sometime here soon. Um, I don't know if we'll see him right out of the break maybe, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him here soon. Depends on what they want to do with Gabi Arias and what's going on there. Um, but it doesn't matter because if you bring up Oscar Gonzalez, they're going to keep playing Miles Straw, right? It's not going to matter. Um this team could be so much more interesting and this is not a, a, I don't want to end the show bashing straw, but I feel like they can get so much more value out of him by making him a defensive replacement and a pinch runner and having him come in late in games to take advantage of his best um, qualities. But that's neither here nor there. We've talked about that ad nauseum, same with the med Rosario thing. Um, I don't think anybody needs shortstop, by the way, at the train deadline. I just don't see that being the case. So I don't think anybody wants to on Rosario. That could be a way of the Guardians buying and selling. But maybe somebody will make them an offer. But I feel like the Guardians feel like they're in the race and they're going to try to win with the guys they have. Sunday, Bybee versus Martin Perez. Martin Perez has not been good this year. Bybee last start had some control issues, but he worked through it. Uh, Rangers are going to be a stiff test for both Williams. Actually, all three guys. Aaron Savali has been maybe the Guardians' best pitcher since coming back off the I.L., Williams, obviously this is going to be, well, that's not true. Williams faced the Braves and that was, uh, he pitched okay against the Braves. He had a couple bad pitches, but he was good overall. So if he can handle the Braves, I think he can handle the Rangers. Um, Bybee, you know, he's already faced um, the Yankees, the Mets. I would say that Rangers might be the best offense. Although the, the Diamondbacks had a pretty good, well, Diamondbacks had a couple guys out that day too. This might be a good test for him as well. It's supposed to be fun coming out of the break, a good series, and they go to Pittsburgh. If you haven't had a chance to go to PNC Park, by the way, and you're looking for a series to go to on the road, I know it's last minute, but uh, Pittsburgh, PNC Park, fantastic place to go. Not a far drive. um, Very beautiful ballpark. Great views. Try Manny's Pork in center field if you go. Love them. Guardian's back at home next weekend. Um, Jeff Ellis will be rejoining me. I should say me rejoining him since he's Mr. 1000 now um back in your feeds live on monday morning uh until then again make sure you are um, downloading subscribing that definitely helps leave us some comments on youtube as well let jeff know what your favorite part of the homer run derby in the all-star game was i'm sure he'll want to compare notes i know he was watching every second he possibly could um tell a friend share it on threads share it on facebook on blue sky wherever if you're in all those places i don't know If you're all those, make sure you're listening wherever you get podcasts and go, go guardians, go.